Welcome back to a lovely day and another great episode of A Witch and a Buddhist Walk Into a Bar podcast. Wow. We're here with <laughs> my co-host, oh, I'm Tim. We're here with my co-host, Mickey, and our very good friend, Josh Kondoraki. Say hello, Josh. Well, hello, Tim. <laughs> okay. It's the afternoon, and we don't, our level of self-loathing wasn't quite strong enough to drink a whole, bottle, a whole of bottle of wine, wine yeah. in the middle of the day. Yeah. So we're drinking tea today. Yeah. Normally we would crack open a bottle of wine, as everyone knows. Uh, I did have a 50 milligram edible on the way here, so that is there. There is that. There I is figured that. it was apropos to the subject matter yes, today. It's very That's relevant. very yeah. true. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about mostly about psychedelics and how they pertain to spiritual experience. And I think we probably all have some personal experience yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. I know. If you, Unofficially. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to the first uh, Off the books. couple episodes of, uh, of this podcast, you'll know that one of my great, great spiritual awakenings was on, uh, a direct result, I think, of my first experience with psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we have. We have Josh here who is... Kind of a resident expert, sort of. <laughs> sort of, yeah. I uh, I have a, a passing knowledge of uh, all three, all things imbibed. At least I try to. So you're <laughs> sort of a neo Dionysian, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. I like see that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have we like uh, we wanted to talk to Josh about this because. Um, we we all agree that that psychedelic uh, drugs or whatever. Uh, what what's a better word? I honestly, I mean, it, it is a drug. I mean, we we take thing is we tend to think of drugs as bad. It's a bad word, and in all reality, everything that we partake is is a drug. Anything that that changes your your your. Uh, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You're still being. Thank you. Um, your tea has caffeine in it. That's a drug. That's definitely a yeah. drug. You know, so uh, alcohol. That's a drug. The three cups of cannabis coffee is a drug. I started drinking this tea. <laughs> so also, so just because I know you, Josh, I yeah. I think something that might be interesting for me to know if you want to talk about it to start with is yeah. you come from a spiritual background that is very anti any kind of drug, even yeah. caffeine. Yeah, that is very true. And you kind of have made a large <laughs> leap from point A to point B. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that come about? Um so the whole reason I was in the church. I mean beyond in the LDS church for people. Yeah, who okay, are yeah, that's true. Okay. Wow, yeah, we, we have, should we, we should some exposition of, is nice. I accidentally have a lot of uh, Mormons on the show. Yeah, we yeah. had one last time too. Ex Mormons. Well, there's yeah. a there's a a lot of Mormons in Brookings. There just is. They have a, one of the bigger churches uh, in the state. So yeah, there's really. a lot of Mormons in the actually in the area. did not know that. Yeah. Um, so my great great grandfather, yeah, I think it'd be great great grandfather was the second president of the Mormon Church, President Taylor. Oh wow! Crazy. Yeah. So it's like it's it's in the family, and then in the Early to mid '90s, my mom had this like pseudo spiritual awakening. She wanted to get go start going back to church, and to get uh, to get me to start going to church with her, she ended up buying um, uh, a BB gun 
from a friend, uh, from my friend who was selling it for me. Because I, I came up to her, and I'm like, Mom, uh, Jared's selling this BB gun that I really want. It's like 20 bucks. And, you know, I was like 13. I don't have a job. Or maybe I was even 12. But anywho, my mom's like, well, if you go to church with me, I'll buy it for you. And Ooh, I was like, blackmail. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, then after that, we couldn't watch The Simpsons anymore. And, like, yeah, it was it was lame. Um, but I was never super sold on it. Like I'm, I'm not a, um, I'm not a traditional spiritualist. I mean, I do find, uh, spiritualism in certain things, but, uh, I think I've always kind of been an atheist. I've always had, uh, skepticism. I I think about things too much. Right. Um, which can be kind of anti that exactly anti, counter counterproductive. Right. For, for and, and in all reality, it's not that I wouldn't, uh, uh, deny it if it was shown to me, but I just, I haven't seen it, you know, right. and I need that, I need that proof. Proof is in the pudding. Um, but <laughs> as far as like the, the, the whole Mormon thing going from like doing, uh, nothing to doing what I do now, uh, my mom was kind of a, a bit of a Jack Mormon, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't drink, but she smoked. She smoked like a chimney. <laughs> there, was, there was never a time where there wasn't a cigarette in her hand. Uh, you know, they smoked in the house, smoked in the car, smoked, you know, around the kids. But this is like coming from back in the day when you just did that. That was, you know, status quo. I still remember uh, seeing ashtrays in grocery stores at the Envy Isles. And I remember one time having a little G.I. Joe with me while we were in the grocery store. And I'm just like jumping from ashtray to ashtray. And my mom's like, don't do that. That's gross. I'm like, oh. Because like they, it was those cool ashtrays that had like when you like pressed in they kind of like flapped open oh, yeah, so there was yeah, like a cool yeah. little mechanism to it yeah. so i'm like playing with it bloop 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 no that's dirty don't touch that <laughs> but yeah uh, and my my dad he um um i know that he smoked pot um he was never open about it like you know he didn't talk about those things back then yeah um but i felt like probably like most kids you know if your parents are doing it like it can't be that bad yeah yeah you know and and then I just started reading about it, and there's nothing, you know, I just decided there's nothing really bad with these things in moderation. It's when you start doing it too much that you start seeing negative effects from things. Right. And that goes with anything, you know? And in America, we seem to have a terrible, terrible time of uh, letting excess kind of be the norm yeah. of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Everything is in excess. Too much. So what was your first experience having, like, working with some sort of a psychedelic? What was your first time with that? Uh, my first psychedelic was mushrooms. And um, I think I was a sophomore in high school. And we uh, we ate some shrooms. I think I ate, like, two or three <laughs> That's cats. very young. To- <laughs> yeah. yeah. That. And, um... It was fun. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't crazy or anything. I just remember feeling, like, super lucid and just in a great mood, um, laughing like a bastard. <laughs> and, and then when it came time to go to bed, uh, you know, we were just tired. It just, it, it felt like I melted into the pillow. It was the most fantastic feeling ever. And that was, that's always been the interesting thing with uh, mushrooms, especially. I don't have a whole lot of experience with uh, LSD. I've got a few, uh, probably about a handful of trips under my belt. Um, but with mushrooms, you wake up the next day feeling like a million bucks. Yeah, because you, you've just worked all this stuff out of your head and you're completely clear minded. 
Yeah. You know, it's not like alcohol. You end up with a hangover because you just, you know, beat the shit out of all of your organs. You know, <laughs> dehydrated you to damn near death. And possibly friends. Yeah, just shriveled your... <laughs> possibly also your friends. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, not that the same thing can't happen with mushrooms. You can yeah. alienate people like a mofo, you know. Um, but, yeah, um... Mushrooms was the first. I didn't, and I, I only like I barely, barely uh, dabbled when I was in high school. Um, I'd smoked pot like maybe a few times. I did mushrooms once, and I drank like a couple of times. I wasn't super keen on drinking, and I never really like. I mean, I was. Everybody kind of hits that point in their life where they're like, where they drink quite a bit, and that was from like twenty one up until about. Uh, almost my mid-30s, or like early 30s, when I started to slow down on, on drinking and uh, started focusing more on pot. And it wasn't like I was drinking all the time. It was usually on the weekends, kind of like a 12-pack or something. And I'd get drunk and meh. Mm. That, was my, that was my weekend activity. Um, <laughs> and then uh, once I started smoking weed, I started doing that less and less. And it was actually more, you know, uh, a favor for my wife. She's like, don't smoke and drink, you know, getting crossfaded just a little too much. And I started to like the feeling that alcohol gave me less and less. Like, now I can't stand it. Like, I think we were talking about yeah. kombucha. Like, I got a buzz off of kombucha. <laughs> I haven't drank in four years. That's, it's, it's really strange. Um, I just don't, I don't care for that feeling anymore. I, I prefer uh, pot or, you know, even psychedelics. And then with psychedelics, I don't do them too too often. It's not the thing times you can year, do, like right. No, it's not, and it's and it's not something that you should do every single not day. Not at all. Um, it should be one of those things that, um, an every now and then kind of thing. It makes it more special, and that's yeah. what it should be. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's always like every time I'm about to partake in some sort of psychedelic, mm. I. I go about it like I'm about to go on a, a pilgrimage or some sort of journey, a spiritual journey, right, or like right. a, uh, a like a mythological hero's journey, and I'm going to yeah. come out different on the other side yeah. with some new knowledge or yeah, which is totally how they were used in That's ancient exactly times. Exactly how they were used. Because it's interesting to think about it. Because when we're we're dealing with psychedelics as people in the 21st century who have been through the war on drugs, who have been through all of this. Yeah, this we're rediscovering of, this. Exactly. And um, I'm wondering what it would have been like to be an early ancient person. Mm -hmm. There's no, again, there's no, like, stigma about drugs necessarily. Maybe even we're talking about, like, pre-Christian times. Mm -hmm. And you're an ancient human being that comes across this plant yeah. that you eat, and it makes you have these crazy, mind-altering, lucid experiences, sometimes even, like, visionary, like, seeing visions, seeing images. Yeah, you know, they, they, would, yeah. they say that uh, there are some, uh, in some interpretations of... Uh, um, like the Hebrew Bible, um, there are some um, traditions that they were doing where they were more than likely hallucinating, like um, having to burn uh, acacia extracts, you know, with yeah. their uh, incense and fill an entire room with this smoke before you can think about it and pray and make that decision that you need to make. So that was oh. the whole reason that they were doing this. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, they were literally communing with God. 
is right. what they were doing. That that's you know that's basically been the base reasoning, at least in in my learning of uh, how psychedelics and religion kind of go hand in hand. And at some point, that was lost. And I feel like it's at least in Western religion, it was turned into more of a point of control. Um, that that direct line from God was taken away. Now right. it's, you have to find that inside of you, and if you can't, you're weak. Yeah. And this is how God wants you to live your life. And there are certain reasons they were set; those you know, those rules were set. They didn't understand certain things. Right. You know, there's there's reasons why you didn't eat pork. That was because of trichinosis. There was reasons why you didn't eat shellfish. That's because of red tides. Um, but you, you don't know the cause and effect to these things. Um, and then you set these rules down and this is the way God wants you to live so you don't screw yourself up or right. you know end up poisoning the community or whatever <laughs> you know but uh anyways I digress yeah <laughs> well and and if your your experience of God or what you think God wants you to do contradicts what your culture tells you God wants you to do then it's from an evil source not yeah from right, exactly. right yeah I feel like a lot of the um a lot of it is control being like, like if you want to talk to God or you want God to communicate to you, you have to go through certain channels. Yeah. And I think it's just a way of controlling the, the people. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even in a sinister, like I don't think that they were twirling their mustaches. Thinking, right, oh, right. No, there no. Was, yeah. But, but I think that. But if you've got a large group of people that you need all on the same page. Yeah. That's how you in do a stru- it. In a tribal structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, especially like, and, I, and there could be, you know, maybe one of those things with hallucinogens and just giving them to everybody, like things might get a little too Yeah, weird. it might yeah, get to be like Absolutely. a priest cast that's allowed to yeah, do Exactly, things. and that's probably why it's one of those things where things. it's only every great now and then, and, you know. Which in a way kind of makes sense to me, because, like, okay, I'm just going to, this is, like, obviously not a scientific what I'm about to no. say, but this is just from my perspective. So let's just say that human beings, like I've kind of expressed in my own thoughts on this before, are parts of one larger living organism, which is, like, the Earth like it's more like a cell in a body yeah and as a cell in a body i think sometimes when you use psychedelics or things like that you can push your own ego self out of the way enough to be able to tap into that larger organism and i think sometimes that's why you can gain these deeper insights of maybe things you couldn't have known yeah when you do psychedelics and so it makes sense to me that back in the day there would have been like almost a priest cast where we're like okay we're going to train you how to actually get something useful out of these experiences right right, instead of just like okay you're going to go on a little wild ride and hope for the best so the best yeah along that same that same thought uh Terrence McKenna was saying that um, when everybody would kind of get like an early, early, early man before uh, real religions were were set up um, and it was still just basically tribes, you would get groups of people and, you know, they'd partake in mushrooms and have a big freaking orgy. Now, this way, it creates a more socialistic environment. That way, the men don't know who their offspring is. The women do, right. but not the men. So there's not that, that ego built in. So there, there you go. You're pulling away that ego from uh, that part of society as a whole. 
we've lost wow, sight of the trip. we've lost sight of those those religious values in our culture. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> doing psychedelics and having orgies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. make America great again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm uh, when I say. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's really good. But yeah, that was that's uh I was just listening to Terrence McKenna last night and that was one of the things that's I was like great. that's actually like I I totally understand that that line of thinking. I can see that as being like just a, a way of cultural lifestyle to kind of keep everybody at ease and um um keep everything mellow uh where alcohol kind of does the exact opposite of that. You right. Know? Kind of breeds that uh, it boosts the ego instead of breaking it down. Yeah. yeah, I find that when I'm on when I've taken mushrooms, my sex drive is at an all time low. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's like that's like the least of my concerns. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> little, right. Yeah. Right. And I guess it would be at like different intensities and stuff. Uh, LSD has been like complete opposite of that, though. Like, at least for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like super intense. Alcohol does this thing where it 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 creates the desire but takes away the capacity. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh god, that's and that's that's a cruel, cruel bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so alcohol is an interesting one too, because like when you think about it, that's a mind altering substance, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's a drug. It is, um, and that's you know one of the reasons they say. Uh, large cultures and societies as a whole started. I mean, yeah. why would you stick around in one place other than to plant some grain and, you know, brew some beer? It takes <laughs> yeah. a minute. Yeah. You can't be a, uh, you can't really be a real nomadic, you know, kind of people and have beer large, man. you know, large quantities of alcohol. I mean, you can. You can, like, make mead with honeys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one of the things um, uh, McKenna was talking about was taking psychedelic mushrooms and then you know, basically pickling him in honey, and then the honey would turn to mead, and then you have this like psychoactive alcoholic substance. That's brilliant. Which is mm-hmm. actually, um, I've heard a few theories about people suggesting that that's like you know, in, in Scandinavian culture, yeah. about the berserkers, yeah, berserkers, Ulfhethnar, where like for people who don't know, you know, berserker means bear shirts. And exactly. The idea was that they would transform into animals when yeah, they're on the battlefield. Yeah, they'd strip naked and throw on their, their bear skin and, and just be, be ripping balls yeah. and drunk as <laughs> shit. Yeah, fighting. <laughs> yeah. But that was a warrior class. And, and that's, so what scared yeah, the, that's what scared the hell out of so many people. Oh, yeah. You know, you see some oh, dude just... Yeah. God, I get scared just driving through people on Cave Junction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing something completely different. But, you know, if you had to fight that guy, you'd be like, oh, shit, I don't know. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was dressed in a bear skin swinging an axe over his head that would be yeah really and you know if they're <laughs> if they're anywhere near like the 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 balkans and stuff like that um uh amanitas are are really really um common around those yeah. areas so that'd be a completely different type of psychedelic that's uh, uh muscomol as opposed to uh psilocybin which is in you know, all the other mushrooms that you're usually familiar with. And you're talking muscom- like fly agaric mushrooms or yes. the muscum ones. Yeah, okay. yeah. Those ones are a, a totally different kind of trip. I've never used any of those. I watched um, uh, an episode of Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia once, and he was in the Romanian, Romanian Carpathian mm-hmm. mountain region. And there's a whole, like, tribe of people that just chill in the mountains and eat mushrooms all day and smoke mushrooms. Yeah, you can smoke those too, which is Oh, weird. really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he was sitting there smoking mushrooms with them getting high. But it's, I guess it's more of like a um he says it's 
more akin to alcohol, but like really, really trippy. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, it's, um, psychedelics, psychedelic experiences are hard to put into words. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that your experience is impossible to put into words, to be honest. Like, and and especially if like, I'm trying to convey it third hand, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, in my own experience coming out of a, uh, a mushroom trip, trying to, explain what I experienced that's like trying to explain snow like or trying to explain like s- snowboarding to someone who doesn't know what snow is you know yeah exactly um if, if you unless I'm talking to someone who had who's had the exact same experience right, right. and there I think there's certain aspects to uh to experiences while under the influence that can be um that can be conveyed like when I was telling you um the last time I I tripped on shrooms and I looked at Facebook and it was oh yeah like it was so f- fake and I, I realized you know fake book but <laughs> no for reals it yeah. was just it yeah. was everybody just kind of uh, pantomiming goodness or or something yeah. like it, none of it felt genuine which is sad and, yeah uh, I uh, very eye opening I don't I don't feel like I, I could like even look at a screen when I'm in that. I have to be looking at something natural that has grown out of the earth. I don't know. Like I feel like right, right. if yeah, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, to be, if I'm is... gonna dwell on something, <laughs> right? Well, then that's like when I was when we were going outside and I was looking at the stars and like the stars had this beautiful mosaic and like I just, I was like thinking I'm like oh why is that and I'm like oh that's because my my pupils are just dilated like crazy mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. like I'm soaking in all this light so it's creating these like Michael Bay you know yeah. like points of, of, yeah. of light which creates this this huge mosaic pattern which is cool and then I'm like man what a thin veil we have over reality and how yeah. easily it would just be to, to just turn into beasts and oh my god this is a terrible thought to have and then uh <laughs> I just didn't want to have that thought anymore. So then we went inside and, and played some, uh, uh, what's that, uh, what's that card game? Um, um, the adult card cards, game. Cards Against Humanity? Yes. Oh, <laughs> we went inside geez. and played Cards Against Humanity and, and then all was well. Yeah. <laughs> that's really funny though. I mean, that's something Till, that till my ego death and that's when I had to go <laughs> home. Yeah. It's, I've tried reading on when I'm tripping and uh, I, the words just look like, Symbols that I don't really recognize almost. It's mm-hmm. like I, some, I can read, but then I'm like, what? This is like, and then I start thinking about what I'm looking at literally. I'm like, this is just like ink on paper that I'm like doing this, and it's like yeah, analyzing yeah. the whole. Right, right. <laughs> and, it's, and it's important like, it's to remember, like, um, um, that's what early people were going through. Like, even before we were people, when we were still apes, you know, that's a, a very high possibility that what got us started on our, our road on. to humanhood <laughs> to, to really thinking the way we do thinking outside the box, abstract thought and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the, uh, like the stoned ape theory, which technically it's not really a theory. It's more of a hypothesis because none of it can be proven. Right. Um, and can we, you, could you mention what that is for people listening? Cause they might not be aware. Yeah. So I, I was kind of getting into lean, that. lean into it. Yeah. So, um, the stoned ape hypothesis, is what we'll call it, uh, was put forth by Terrence McKenna and his brother. I can't remember his brother's name. Uh, Paul Stamet is a, a big believer in it, too. Paul Stamet is a leading uh, expert in the field of mycology. 
Um, Any hoodles. Um, what he thinks is that when apes first came down from the trees into the savanna, um, they were basically looking for just about anything they could eat. They were becoming uh, omnivores. So they were looking for bugs, they were looking for plants, you name it. And they would be following uh, herds across the savanna, also picking off carrion, that sort of thing. And they'd be looking at turds, they'd be looking at cow patties. And they'd flip those things over, and guess what grows out of those? Psilocybin mushrooms. And these things were huge. They're gargantuan in savanna, so they're a huge source of protein, huge source of calories. So not only is it food stuff, it also gets you high. Yeah. So in low dose, it uh, dilates the eyes, and it uh, creates more... um, audio awareness as well. Yeah, for sure. So you're like very, very tuned to what you can hear. Uh, You have a wider field of view. Um, You're more sensitive to light. Uh, There was one test where they they gave people uh, LSD, or not LSD, but uh, mushrooms and a placebo, and they showed them a picture of two lions. And the people with, uh, with the placebo couldn't quite tell if they were... uh, parallel the people that were tripping knew that the other line was askew oh interesting so they have a, had a way better uh, idea of what they were looking at so right there that makes you a better hunter you can see more food you'll be able to eat better um and then when you up the dosage a little bit you become a little restless and you all kind of sleep together right because you're you're mm-hmm. animals you're huddling together so things start getting a little frisky, and you start mating a little bit more, right? You're getting these big mate, mate, uh, mating orgies, and, you know, you're having a bigger litter, okay? Again, so the now the orgies. What are we missing right? <laughs> So now there's more of you. <laughs> and then when you up the dose even more, it creates all sorts of abstract thought. And that is what leads to different neural pathways. You start thinking about different ways to design things, different ways to hunt prey, you name it. Art. Um, And as a matter of fact, Paul Stamet has gone uh, so far as to say that it helps, uh, I want to say it's neurogenesis. Uh, I'm no expert, so (laughs) don't don't kill me if I'm wrong on that. But basically, it uh, creates more neural pathways faster. Because um, in the neighborhood of like a few hundred thousand years, uh, the brain size doubled in primates to what we have today. Yeah, like that. And there's no explanation massive. for it. It just jumps. And they think, like, there's two schools of thought. It's either the stoned ape theory, or it could also be because we just learned how to throw rocks. And throw <laughs> them really good. Um, That's true, too. And it could be, honestly, it's probably <laughs> a mixture of both of those things. You know, it's never just one thing. Right, if anything yeah. I've learned in my life, it, there's never black and white. It's always gray. That's very true. So it's probably a mixture of a lot of factors. But I guarantee you, uh, psychedelic, psychedelics played a huge part in human development. And I definitely guarantee you they at least kicked religion off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if this thing is causing you to think outside the box of what you normally thought, you know, where are these ideas coming from? And you always have to have an explanation for something. That's, that's a human thing. Uh, we're always looking for patterns and reasons. 
So you're going to attach it to something at some point. And what better explanation than, you know, this deity giving you knowledge, right? Right, which is like an old, old story. Exactly, of, uh, the forbidden fruit. Yeah, like I, I read a really cool article uh, in a book called Tubalo's Green Fire. It's a witchcraft, you know, book, but it was still an interesting talk where they were talking about um, how the apple in the Garden of Eden, or the not, they never say it's an apple, but the fruit in the yeah, Garden the of Eden is a psychedelic mushroom. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of shook human beings out of being an- innocent animals into being able to discern good and evil. Yeah. And have even concepts like good and evil. And, you know, if, if that knowledge comes from God and we are made in his image, you know, we share more in common with mushrooms than anything else. Like, mm. yeah. Very mushroom, interesting. Mushroom came first. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, share, we share lineage with the mushroom. I think we share lineage with everything. We and do. And as an animist, I have no problem right? looking at the mushroom as a god, you know? Yeah, but that's, oh, a, yeah. that's a scientific fact, too, yeah. you know? <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, yeah, like we were saying, I know this is off the topic of, of um, psychedelics, but we were talking about when you, when you say animism, it's like, it makes sense because um, the gods are real things. Like, they're not things that are... They're not just abstract there. concepts. Right, they literally are these things in like, an anthropomorphized uh, Yeah, the fashion. tree, <laughs> the clouds, the sun. Yeah. These are the gods. Yeah. And, yeah. and they, they all talk to each other through a mycelial mat because yeah. uh, <laughs> mushrooms, they, they are dug deep into the earth with these mycelial mats that extend for miles and miles and miles. The largest organism on planet Earth lives here in Oregon. Yeah. And it's a mushroom. It's a mushroom. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, what these mushrooms do, what most of them do, some of them are, are uh, I'd say, like predatory, some, uh, but a lot of them are helpful. They basically let trees exchange sugars to one another in groves of trees so they can communicate. Like, oh, this tree is not doing so well. These trees are, like, nice, rich, and full over here. We're going to pump some stuff over here. The, uh, the Robin the, Hooding the trees. Exactly. The, <laughs> and the mushrooms, they get a little bit out of the deal, too. So it's this symbiotic relationship with So everything. what you're saying that are and the then trees the, are communists. <laughs> yeah, for real? No, they are. Really the point we're getting at. And then the, uh, the mushrooms also, they help with... They help with keeping the soil proper, like making sure it has uh, the proper nutrients and that sort of thing, keeping the, the bad stuff out, you know, works, uh, it does a lot. It's ridiculous how much... Uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't get too much into the history of this, but I was going to mention, like, a point that I thought was really interesting about psychedelics and, like, survivals of using psychedelics post-Christianity because, again, anything that's going to make you sort of have your own spiritual experiences becomes kind of dangerous at that point. And um, one of the ones that you hear hear about in Europe a lot was the the witch's flying ointment, which originally, you know, there's like all these folklore stories about how, at least coming from the perspective of the church, that, you know, flying ointment was made out of the flesh of unbaptized babies and this and that. You'd (laughs) rub it on your body and fly to a Sabbath and dance with the devil and do all this stuff, which sounds like a great deal of fun, but, you know, it doesn't sound realistic. Right, right, right. But a lot of these, these, uh, (laughs) a lot of the recipes, you know, got looked at later and they were actually filled with toxic psychedelic substances. Oh, yeah. 
And I was going to mention this. Okay, I pulled up his name so I wouldn't sound like a complete moron when I was talking on here, but his name was Eric Will Peckert. Peckert? I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was a, a German um, folklorist, I guess, in the 1950s. Like, did a, a talk about uh, the flying ointment and claimed that he and a friend of his made this flying ointment, followed one of these recipes and put it on themselves and went to like a trance for 20 hours. Oh, no Where kidding. they were like sleeping sort of in a daze and both had um, kind of almost identical visions where they, you know, did exactly what witches said they would do, go fly, go dance with demons, like that it was a crazy thing. And yeah. maybe maybe it was because they were researching the flying women that those are the reasons, like those are the visions right. that they exactly. had. Exactly, yeah, that would make sense. Because they were expecting that. I mean, it's a, that's but, like, it, it's a very long-form version of saying, I got high as giraffe pussy. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. It's flying ointment, man. <laughs> yeah, we're just yeah, flying exactly. all over the place. Yeah, exactly. And you know what's what's uh, interesting about that is that, uh, at least from my knowledge, like witches were traditionally um, people who made poultices and uh, and were brewers as well. Like yeah. everybody would come to them to get their alcohol, to get their mead, uh, to get you name it, and some medicine too. They, you know, they were your pharmacists. Yeah. <laughs> and then at some point where it's it swung from being um, a multi-theistic uh, um, uh, society to you know single deity Christianity and uh, to the uh, uh, patriarchy instead of the matriarchy. They're like, no, you can't have that power anymore. That's right. witchcraft. Right. You know, oh, you, you, you're making these things and it's making us well and you can't explain it. It's not, you know, the healing power of, of nothing Jesus but Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely true. But it's just crazy to think about survivals like that happening, you know, that it's just been. I just think of some of the knowledge we would still have if it wasn't for, you know, that line of thinking. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like uh, Christ- Christianity stopped develop- development. <laughs> it did. It, <laughs> it really like did. In Europe for a very yeah, long very time. It stunted, like, like a mentally and then, and it, stunted, it, yeah. It's trying, you know, I mean, there's there's that, and then there's Bible Belt Christianity right here. Which is which still is kind of doing the same literally, thing in some ways. Oh, it's doing it in horrible ways. Christ, uh, creationism in school, things like yeah, that. Yeah, no nature. kidding. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Anyway. Yeah, if you want to teach that kind of stuff in, like, I guess, I guess like, a good place for Sunday religion school. would be, like, social studies, maybe. But if you wanted to talk about, like, all religions as a whole. Yeah, I took a religion. like, a historical, I took a, you uh, know. Uh, I actually was offered a religion class when I was a freshman in high school in, in, in uh, lieu of, uh, what was it? Some other class. Anyway, it was uh, comparative religion, and I gained so much from that. Yeah. And it really kind of, yeah. It was, it was the great. basis for most religions are just like, hey, man, treat everybody pretty good. Don't be an asshole. You know, That's, don't yeah. steal and mind your business. And I, I think a lot of things is honesty is a big part of like every religion. It's mm-hmm. like, don't lie. I know that's a huge thing in Buddhism is uh, it's right speech. Don't lie. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's a gray area. Because there, I believe personally that there are situations where lying might be the best course of action. Yeah. Like if you're in Nazi Germany and you're harboring Jews, for instance, and the <laughs> right. Gestapo come to yeah, your door. Yeah, they're right. They're underneath yeah. the floor right you here. I'll take them to you. Probably want to at least yeah. start the conversation with a lie or two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like that. But I don't know. 
that, but then again, it's a gray area too because who knows. So, I think it's kind of like. So it's interesting that we're kind of coming back around full circle, like you said, because especially, like, I can only speak as an American, um, but I think a lot of people don't realize that when they're talking about... Josh had to bring the noisiest coat. Sorry, I know. <laughs> Freaking vinyl windbreaker. Oh yeah. I, can see, I can see it on the, on the noise thing. There. I love it. That's oh a very loud coat. Uh, so, so chilly in here. So, so it's an iced coffee. When we're, when we're talking about the Christians that came to America, they were the Christians who were too extreme for Europe. Yeah, the Puritans for reals. Who were like very hardcore. Like you got to put like you got to cover those table legs up because you might get inflamed with passion by looking at that sexy right. table leg. Oh, yeah. like that degree curvy ass table legs. And, I tell uh, you what. You know, it's that is funny. No, that's just true. And like, you know, in the Catholic Church, served wine at least. You know, which which again gets cut out of that. So it seemed like it was definitely. Isn't there some story in the Bible where the wine gets poisoned or something, right? Jesus turned water into wine. I know that, but like there, there was like some reason why. um, why the Mormons didn't do it, and I can't remember. It might have been in the Book of Mormon. It might be, Who yeah. It's some revision. Yeah, some yeah. Well, okay, yeah, so I learned this. <laughs> the Bible a, Part 2, Electric Boogaloo. So I, lear- I, learned, <laughs> I learned this on, on a podcast uh, called The Last Podcast on the Left that's, like, freaking awesome, and people should listen to it, but they did a long series on They're Mormonism. not paying us to say that. No, they're not. I have <laughs> no affiliation. But um, they, uh, they were um, talking about how one of the reasons that alcohol got removed and tobacco and a lot of these things is just because Joseph Smith's wife didn't like it. And, okay. so he, and so he got a revelation from God saying they shouldn't have it anymore. Go well, figure. yeah. I mean, if she's going to get anything out of the deal, at least she got that, yeah. right? So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I guess, I guess what I mean to say is if you look at the history of religions, Christianity specifically in Amer- early America, it's like you get this gradual whittling down of any kind of psycho spiritual experience you could be having and it becomes very book heavy like you read the bible you get direct revelation from that and if you get it from anywhere else it's evil yeah Mm. so it's funny that we're coming full circle now where people are starting to like again marijuana is legal like i didn't think that was going to happen in my lifetime yeah now now uh mushrooms are on the the table they're They're, you know they're They're almost 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 legal i got my fingers crossed and it makes me wonder well here's the thing nothing bad has happened in the in because of mushrooms. Like, so I, I, I know I need to do a little bit more research. Except for maybe someone eating the I, wrong kind and getting Yeah, exactly. You absolutely themselves. can eat the wrong kind and die dead as shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, the right kind, as far as uh, psilocybin uh, goes, I haven't heard of any lethal instances. At least not from the drug itself. Right, um, but like I mean, you like, can definitely do dumb shit. Don't. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can do. You can do. You can walk out. Never underestimate the idiot power of high people, but uh, it does. <laughs> it does happen. But it makes me wonder. With like, you know, a lot of things that were old and forgotten are kind of coming back. Like we're yeah. having a resurgence of you know polytheistic thinking and just basic animism, spiritual kind of yeah. non. Um, Dogmatic, like one of my try to say, organized religions are kind of starting to fall to the wayside, mm-hmm. and at the same time, these same tools we used to use for personal revelation are also suddenly kind right. of coming back, and it's like we're almost going full I, circle. We are, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we're yeah. Going back and to that the was source. another that was yeah. another part of my thing with uh, religion, or at least organized religion, is that like so many people have died over this. It, it yeah. for what? Because 
my version of my invisible person is better than yours and you need to follow his like come on it was about money (laughs) it's always about money jeez Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Probably because there was oil. Well, that's the whole reason for the Crusades, really, is yeah. because they knew that uh, uh, the Middle East had a lot of gold, and yeah. uh, they knew a lot, too. They were a hell of a lot smarter than they were. Oh, yeah. They invented uh, math. At least, but yeah, yeah. for yeah. real, dude. <laughs> well, we were, we, we were re- restructuring the heavens to have, like, spheres and heavenly realms and, like, yeah. mm-hmm. they were doing math. Yeah. They were literally um, doing math, yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, the same thing with, like, the witchcraft craze. A lot of people don't know that, you know, it was very profitable for people to find witches in their communities because the church would confiscate all of their property and money if they killed them. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a legit thing. So there was yeah. definitely um, a lot more going on than just some women... I mean, obviously, there was a definitely uh, anti-woman. You know, yeah. well, there's but, there's always a fear of the yeah. unknown, and that's like that's part of our, our our tribalistic past, and I think that's like what breeds a lot of like racism and shit like that today. Like, and I'm do not misrepresent my words, but there was Josh, a time. You're a there, <laughs> <laughs> no, there was a there was a time when early early man think you know. Um, back when we were still mixing it up with Neanderthals and stuff, where all you had was maybe your family and, like, maybe a few extensions. So there was general fear for the stranger because you didn't oh, yeah. you didn't know, you know, what that person's intentions yeah. were. Maybe you guys didn't share the same language. Uh, maybe um, they had diseases, you know, and there was no understanding of disease back then, not for a long time. So... Yeah. You didn't want strangers coming in and all of a sudden your whole tribe's sick and you die. Yeah. You know, so I do get that. But like, in but, this day and age, we need to understand, like, we don't need that anymore. Right. right. And with that's a lot a of these, tribal, a lot of these, you know, that's, big, the, that's one of the bad dogmatic religions. They still push a lot of that stuff because they come from such an ancient place in those types of religions, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah, that sort of and not so very has to open. be an enemy. There's a whole a lot of uh, <laughs> tribalism and xenomorphia in the Bible, like, when you read it. Xenomorphia? Xenomorphia? Yeah. Xenomorphia. There's so many fucking face huggers everywhere. Oh my god, what version have you been reading? I've been reading a horror version of Ridley Scott. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. And our next episode. Yeah, skip the chapter. Skip the chapter. We trust them. Skip the, cha- <laughs> skip the chapter on Prometheus. <laughs> Xenophobia. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, I was just going so along good. with it, too. I'm like, um, yeah, Xenophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're all over in the Bible. <laughs> So I'm going to say there's xenophobia in the Yeah, no, there's... No, 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 it's all over, yeah. There's always fear of the stranger, like, especially uh, in Old Testament. Once you get into, like, the New Testament, that's when when Jesus is kind of preaching, like, hey, no, the stranger is dope. Let him into your house. He's a good guy. Yeah. Oh, Help God. thy fellow man. Whether whether or not Jesus existed as a flesh and blood person, there weren't bad ideas coming out of no, his mouth. No, exactly. As an idealist, that you know, it's awesome. And I that's kind of where I fall uh, in my line of thinking. You know, maybe I don't know, but he, you know, his ideas were good. It's just people kind of twisted some of those base intentions into something completely different just to fit their you know political agenda. Usually, exactly. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> But psychedelics, 
psychedelics. I know. So, Back to that. Well, that's yeah. Yeah. So well, it it, it speaks. But I think where we got off track was is that uh, at some point, you know. They took away psychedelics, and that's yeah. kind of what caused a lot of this stuff in, in your bigger, you know, dogmatic religions today. You just don't see it as often. Yeah. And it used to be a big part of Judaism. Um, uh, a lot of religions, uh, a lot of your um, South American religions still use shamanism. psychedelics. How, yeah, how shamanism. Are, uh, Native Americans, the, yeah, peyote. Peyote North America, um, they still use it as a religious sacrament, yeah. for sure. Peyote and, and mushrooms in Mexico. And then there's the yeah. whole ayahuasca. Uh, wait, is that it? Yeah, yeah. ayahuasca, yeah. Uh, ayahuasca is a really interesting one because it's two different plants. It's uh, the bark of a, a tree and then a, a vine. Oh, that is and interesting. I didn't know that. So the DMT, if I'm not mistaken, is produced by the bark, and um, the vine produces an MAO inhibitor. And what that does is there's a lot of stuff that you ingest with DMT, but your body breaks it down. It won't let you get high off of it. Uh, So normally you'd have to smoke it. Okay. And then the high only lasts for like maybe 10, 15 minutes. I've never tried it. I really, really want to. Yeah. yeah. But if like, I was with somebody who knew what they were doing. <clears throat> exactly. Right. Yeah, for reals. But, and, but what happens is when they get combined, that inhibitor uh, blocks it from tearing down the DMT so it actually can interact with the brain. And it is a much, much longer hallucination. It's a, ma- a matter of fact, it's the most hallucinogenic compound that we know of. Oh, really? Period. I did not know that. Yes. I've Period. never done it, but I've heard, uh, and from what I've seen and heard, is that it's not really a pleasant experience, an ayahuasca. It's um, very thing. introspective from what I've heard, but it's, it's, but I've heard that, that I have heard that same thing. But, but it could be like, you know, sometimes you have, it's a journey, it's, it's, it's a psychedelic journey that maybe it's not. Pleasant at the moment, but you learn a lot from it when you come out of it. Exactly. You feel like a better person afterwards. Right. Um, and that's... It, it um, makes you face your demons. It's like taking years and years of therapy it all it at once. once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I, one thing I thought was really... So there was a show called... Um, shit, what was it called? Kentucky Ayahuasca or something like that? Or something Ayahuasca? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, but anyway, it was a show about this guy who you know, guides ayahuasca journeys and they were just recording, you know, people's experiences on it before yeah. and after and all this stuff. And it was super cool. But what I thought was really compelling was he, and I guess other people who use it literally refer to ayahuasca as a goddess mm-hmm. that they say oh. the, that, that it, they're referring to like a, like a being almost that, that is the plant. It is. Yeah. And again, absolutely. as a, as a, as a, um, as an animist, I feel like approaching like what, what Tim was saying earlier, like, even if you're not, Literally, literally believing in a sentient goddess that is guiding your ayahuasca journey. If you're seeing these plants as sacraments, uh, like divine sacraments, or or engaging with them as if they have a spirit that is going to help you through whatever it is that you're, whatever it is you're taking it, that that can change your consciousness going into it. Yeah, and that's something that I would, I don't know. Like I don't know, like to see more of I guess because I feel like you could get more out of it with that intention going in. Yeah. In a way, it's like gives you more respect for what you're about to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think it helps everybody. Honestly, um, a little bit of introspection like that, and it 
supposedly it really, really tears you down, too. Yeah. Um, that's what I've heard. That's It's not a party drug, let's just say. No, no. exactly. <laughs> like, the, the, the people that I've heard uh, that that I know that have done it, they only do it, like, maybe once every couple of years. I mean, because you, you... And plus, you've got to go down to, like, South America to do it a lot of times, so... Right, and, it, and it's always in a controlled environment with a shaman, someone who has yeah. some experience with what they're... And, what and, and can guide you, in a way, like, on your journey. Like, I don't think it's it's wise to go about it blind, blindly. Yeah, I actually saw a really good video on, um, on YouTube just yesterday. It was, uh, you know, Michael from Vsauce... Yeah. Uh, it was on his show. He went down to South America and did ayahuasca. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was really, really well done. They had a scientist with them. Um, it was like, it was legit. I would love to see that. It was good. You should. I'll send you a link. We'll Please do. Thank you. Link. Yeah. So anyway, should we wrap it up with something? Or what do you guys think? Do we well, have more to talk about? I was just going to add to what you were, oh God, I had a, a thought in my head when you were, when you were just said, when you just <laughs> said what you said at last. I guess it makes me wonder, just like, I mean, obviously, this is just, like, speculative. Yeah. But with America's, like, okay, the, the, the religions of the past that kind of held the country together as, like, a single uniform, whatever, mm-hmm. are statistically starting to dwindle. Like, evangelical Christianity, I think I read today even that, like, 20% of them are, like, younger people, and most younger people aren't interested anymore you know in organized religion or starting to again seek like a more personalized spirituality and i'm wondering what it's going to look like with having things like ayahuasca and having things like mushrooms there to almost like that like a renewed interest in it is that going to open new doors to spirituality and how is that going to balance with america's past issues with drugs and excess (laughs) Yeah, that's a big question. That's an interesting one. Um, that's that's the hardest part to answer. Like as much as I do want legal mushrooms, I just I do know that there are consequences when things are given to the masses. Yeah, um, there's unexpected variables that do arrive from that. So if if it's going to be a thing, perhaps it's one of those things that. You go to a center for like you know how there's those those deprivation tanks. Yeah, that you do maybe oh, I've maybe to it could be that. one of those kind of deals. I don't think you'd want to be on mushrooms like and in a deprivation tank at the same time. Might <laughs> I be don't a bit know. Too maybe intense. you do. Maybe I, maybe <laughs> or maybe you do. I've never know. been in one. I've always wanted to. <laughs> yeah. But um, um, yeah, maybe it could be something like that. I know in in uh, Sweden they had them like over the counter mushrooms like you did pot. Um, and I think you still can in some places. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. It's gotta be. Yeah, because I know it was a thing, and then something happened. Like, like supposedly somebody died, but I think it was more like he died while he was on them, not a direct cause of them. Yeah. And in it's in all regards, I mean, like, how many people die from? Here's the thing that I always go back to, yeah. even with like with the vaping ban and all this stuff. I always go back to this: how many people die? of alcohol-related deaths and outright alcohol poisoning daily. Oh, yeah. Thousands. The number, yeah, the number is insane. And then you think about, like, if, if psychedelics were uh, offered to the masses, do you think they would even come remotely close to those numbers? I don't and like, so. do you no, think they would even, even, even if there were, look do you think... Weed, like, or look at weed. I mean, How many at, deaths have been because of that? No one's OD'd nobody, on weed. No, nobody's OD'd on weed. Um, 
there have been some deaths related to that, like or related to weed, like, you know, maybe driving while high. I don't you know, I don't suggest oh. you do that. Um, I don't suggest you operate heavy machinery while high <laughs> yeah, on yeah. anything. Um, yeah, but look at alcohol. But that's not, usually not where these things happen. Just, not even you know, going beyond like what you should. People drinking and then inciting violence because yeah. right. they're drunk. And that's that's the the thing with alcohol. It, it's or just drinking yourself to death. Yeah, it just becomes done that too. yeah. It, it it triggers violence in so many people. And so that's why I really don't like alcohol. So, so it's like taking these drugs out of like the past where it's these enclosed shamanistic small communities that are being run by specialists. Right, right. And just dropping it in the middle of America and being like, okay, here you go, everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be different. It's going to be interesting. Well, <laughs> you know, just, and also think like, uh, there was a time where, uh, everybody, literally everybody drank beer, uh, because that's all there was. That was like you your only nutrition. Yeah, yeah, the water was like not good. That there was like too many biohazards in that. Yeah, once you turned it into beer, and it was good to go. Yeah, <laughs> but just think <laughs> about like that. having that baseline yeah. level of alcohol your entire life. It makes me think of like sobriety uh, would be the new drug. Yeah, <laughs> in the uh, in the nineteen fifties, I think it was when they started having the congressional hearings on uh, leaded fuels. Like the scientists were saying, um, there's so much lead in our body. Or there, I should reframe this. At the time, the average person had like uh, dangerous levels of lead, like like that could lead to all sorts of brain problems and mm-hmm. stuff. That was the average amount of lead people had in their bloodstream back then. And, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that could be why things were just a little bit weirder and more violent <laughs> back then. People didn't live very long either. <laughs> right. So, it makes you wonder, like, are, things are getting kind of weird right now. I wonder what... Well, uh, maybe mushrooms will help. Maybe? Maybe, it'll, maybe. Maybe everybody will, like, calm the fuck down a little right? bit, you know? Who knows? We'll yeah. have to see what happens. Fingers crossed. And yeah. it's not... Find the answer. <laughs> it's not something that I don't think anyone would want to do on a regular basis. Like, uh, yeah, you do same. it once and then you wait a few months. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm, like, it's never any one answer to to fixing all of your problems either. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and I've never known anyone, I've, I maybe have known, like, one or two people that would take it and then go out, like, to the Right. <laughs> I'm like, please. There's a few. I've, I've, I've <laughs> tried. It's, it, it is. It's a terrible it's idea. It's so bad. Yeah. You, I think it was funny that you, you happened along the very first time I tried mushrooms. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Oh, that was that's hilarious. hilarious. We should talk about that. We should, yeah, make, we should talk really about that. That's okay. a fun story. <laughs> oh, my God. I was the, I was the, I was the veteran uh, yes. mushroom. I've done it a well over a dozen times. Yeah. And, uh, we, uh, yeah, I guess that got a hold of some mushrooms. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this on... Right. <laughs> on the podcast. We may or may not have gotten hold yeah. of yeah. something. And, uh, so this guy and Mickey... This guy I know. Yeah. <laughs> at this house... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was you guys had it pretty set was, up. You had like the, the mattresses kind of all over oh, the yeah. place and the lights. But I didn't and want the, to sheet, the sheets on no, the ceiling. Yeah. So, you know, I had a I had a different, and this was always the case where you have a different, it's like a different world being inside versus being outside. Exactly. And I almost felt, when I was inside, like lying down looking up, I almost felt like I was kind of outside. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Like, I felt like I was lying in a gazebo, and the wall the walls didn't really exist around me. Yeah. It was just like a ceiling with... 
I, 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 I felt very open for some reason. I tend to focus on one little, like a, a spot. I, right, I pick a spot right. to focus on, and I just stare at that for for the hour. I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite. Like um, I think it's kind of a perception thing because you just become mm. like a data sponge because everything is so sensitive. You know, your yeah. eyes, your ears, like. Everything, your empathy. Everything becomes so a mega noise. When you're inside, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So when you're inside a house, this man made structure, it's just not like, you're not you know, really, you're not, not really feeling it. Like it's blocking it. everything out. Yeah. So you have to go outside so you can experience, so you can get all that yeah, information in. Outside you know? is good. Yeah. Outside is good. Outside, like, in a in a place like upriver at the beach, I think oh, it's best when they're not when there aren't like houses around or in, in a neighborhood or in a city. I just don't know that that to me is nerve wracking. I I hate walking across the river bar, uh, high on mushrooms because like it's all like wobbly and stuff. With oh, the, and the and big ass gravel, go, clunk, clunk, clunk. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Feel like I'm gonna fall down and it takes like a million years to get anywhere. So I have to be super <laughs> careful with my steps. Yeah, yeah, it's the worst. But it definitely has this ability, I think, my limited experience to, like, uh, I don't think we ever realize how much of our experience is enveloped by a filter of our brains. Right. Because we're humans. We give meaning to everything that Mm -hmm. has no meaning. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of start to chip away at that, and you can start to see, like you said, the reality that's underneath this veil that we create ourselves. You know, Mm -hmm. we tell ourselves stories all the time about what shit means and why people did what they did. You see the raw, unfiltered version. Like I said that night, it's it's a bullshit filter. It it strips it all away, and you see what is really there. And it's, it's true. so, it's such a, a unique and refreshing view, even though it's scary. And that's the thing, like, yeah, it's, it's scary, but sometimes you need that. You need to know yeah. that. Yeah. So we have this, like, editor in our brain where our, per, our raw perceptions pass through and it cuts most of it away. It and does. only keeps what's necessary for us to, you know, for natural selection yeah, to that's, keep going. That's absolutely 100% and, true. because you're. you're your brain is constantly, um, like, it fills in the blanks because you're not really looking, like, what you're seeing isn't actually what you're seeing. Your right. brain is filling in most of the blanks just from, mm-hmm. you know, being used to that scenario. Yeah. And it, and it, yeah, uh, it fills in the blanks and it filters out unnecessary information yeah, or what it thinks is unnecessary. And we can only absorb a certain amount. I, mm-hmm. I can't, God, I read this too. I wish I had actually written down fucking notes for this thing, but... But that there's a very small percentage of the intake our brains are actually processing versus what we consciously acknowledge or consciously exactly. see. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because your body, the, the human body, is so efficient. Mm-hmm. It will do the most efficient thing possible. That's why, like, you can't, you're not supposed to take steroids because, you know, once your body sees you're getting this, like, hormone that you naturally produce, it's like, oh, fuck it, I don't need to make that anymore. Right, <laughs> and, yeah, you know, exactly. you start growing all sorts of stuff you didn't have or, yeah. you know, you get acne and, you know, it's like I, I tell my wife, you know, don't take melatonin. I know. It's, you that's know I, your brain will stop producing Exactly. And yeah. then you need it and it becomes like, it's just, it's a, yeah, she's addicted. You know what? That's what happens. I was about to. Say she's got her melatonin stupid. spoon and her lighter. Unless, yeah. you're, <laughs> unless, you're, unless you have a, a deficiency. Really <laughs> <laughs> Shooting it up yeah. uh, in the bathroom, tying one off. Yeah, unless you have a deficiency, and in which case you should probably supplement it. But then, yeah. no, but that's yeah. that's very true. 
Um, but I just like to pick on her. It's fun. But yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So I mean, if I could get a hold of some freaking uh, synthesized I mean, like she, dopamine, you know, I would. Right, I would and, take no, it. and it's and it's so hard for some of these people. Like like my wife, um, you know, she works for the mill. She can't uh, she can't do something like I do. Like I do, smoke pot. Like yeah. pot is so mm-hmm. uh, works so well to help you get to sleep. She can't do that. You know, yeah, so she's yeah. got to do something, and like sleep is one of those things that you need, and you'll you do damn near anything to get it. Yeah. yeah. So maybe as a bit of a finishing thought, so what? Okay, nope. so nope. Okay, so <laughs> bye. I mean, people are always gonna like. Oh my god, I'm thinking of the Joker now, where it's like, you know, and that's life. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, so, I mean, everybody's going to have a different answer to what this is, but if you perceive spirituality as ultimately being the seeking of truth, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people do, yeah, then it's no wonder that these plant allies are that help us remove the bullshit were instrumental in probably even creating spirituality, period. Yeah. Like, I maybe mean, that was the first Gnostic experience was, you know... Mm that <laughs> yeah and even me you know i'm an atheist but i do have some sort of leaning in that direction where um we have this relationship with plants especially uh, uh psychedelic stuff especially mushrooms because yeah. we're, we're related um and it it does reveal this this truth to you um so there has to be possibly some sort of relation between the two i like that yeah I like it. I like it. it. So, yeah, this is a good time to wrap it up. Um, I just want to thank our guest uh, from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) 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 Now, thanks for being here. Uh, Any other closing words? That's it. Thanks for having me, man. That was awesome. I love that. That was good. Have to do this again. And um, we don't have a, a... Thing. We still don't have a send off. Uh, maybe we should never. Maybe that'll be our thing. That we that we're all yeah, forever. Well, every time we get so long, and thanks for all the Jesus fish. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Thanks. Um, all right. So tune in next time for. Um, tune in next time when our guest will be. I we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We actually have. We no should idea. make it up every time. Maybe that should be our send off. We should but say, we make up a, a tune in next time. Yeah. that we're never ever gonna <laughs> yeah. have access to. Tune in next time when Leonardo DiCaprio will be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. We should do that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, good night and remember. Good afternoon. Good Brush afternoon. your teeth. And Brush your teeth. Remember it's. Kwanzaa somewhere. Yes. <laughs> okay, bye.